Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Call us right now if there's a project that you'd love to get done around your house this spring. Before the summer comes, maybe something that's going to help you make your house a little bit more of a relaxing staycation kind of retreat. We're here to help you get the job done. The number is one 888 And if you are planning on taking a staycation and sticking around this summer, one of the projects you might be thinking about tackling is the backyard for your kids, a sort of kitty staycation. <laughs> you know, a tricked out playground is a, a nice thing to do for the kids, but you need to make sure that you choose the right materials, that you keep those surfaces safe so the kids can actually stay safe while they're playing. We're going to have some tips on how to do just that in just a bit. Now, if your dream staycation includes a backyard pool, we're going to tell you how to stay safe there as well. We're going to give you some ideas for pool fencing this hour, along with tips on how to create layers of safety for those little guys at your money pit. And if you're taking our advice and spending your vacation budget to stay home and fix up your money pit, you might want to consider replacement windows. You know, the tax incentives that are out there right now can make energy-efficient windows a really good choice. And to help, we're actually giving away a free chapter of our book as a free download to teach you everything that you need to know about getting a window replacement project done. Details are available online right now at moneypit.com. And for more staycation ideas, we have got a great prize for you this hour. We are giving away a copy of our book, my Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure to one lucky caller that asks us their question on the air this hour. You're going to win that copy. So pick up the phone and give us a call. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Stacy in California, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I have a bathroom that has no window in it, mm-hmm. but it feels like a sauna after you've used the shower. This is an apartment. Shouldn't there be vents in there? The code requires that you have either a window or a vent fan. Are you saying you have neither? Yeah, I'm saying yeah, I don't well, have I either one. If you have neither one, then I think you have a good reason to go talk with your landlord about installing a vent fan because all that moisture is going to be a problem for that room. Not only does it make it hard to, uh, to care for, it could be enough water to allow mold to grow. Which could then turn into a health hazard. Exactly. Yeah, it does make it kind of hard to breathe. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got, there's no way to get that moisture out. Now, if there were a vent fan, even though you're in an apartment building situation, it could be vented to the outdoors. You know, there's that space between your ceiling and the next apartment's floor that they would be able to run the venting materials to get that moisture outside. So you do have every right to approach your building to make sure that this is corrected. Yeah, I was, I just wanted to know if there was a code because this, this has been around for 
quite a while this building. Well, Stacy, I think that if it was new construction, there certainly would be a requirement. Whether or not it can be a, can apply to an existing apartment is a question for your local code enforcement official. But from a practical standpoint, you definitely need to have a vent fan in that space. Stacy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call because you can ask us your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even on Memorial Day at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, a kid-friendly staycation includes a great backyard playset. Just make sure you put down the right kind of surfacing to keep the young ones safe. We'll tell you what you need to know next. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the Works GT, the revolutionary trimmer edger that's fully adjustable, runs on rechargeable battery power, and weighs less than a gallon of milk. See the Works GT in action at FreelineForLife.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. One caller who gets on the air with us this hour is going to win a copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. It's chock full of great tips, tricks of the trade, and presented with a little bit of humor, just like our weekly radio show. All you got to (laughs) do is call in with your home improvement question right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's right. Pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you're thinking about tackling a backyard staycation this summer. And if that idea of a backyard staycation includes a play area for the kiddies and you're thinking about doing a playground, remember that your play area should be safe places for your kids. But the wrong surfaces, they can absolutely spell tragedy for tots. Now, when you're thinking about a playground, remember surfaces made of asphalt are just a dangerous thing of the past. But even grass, you know, you think it's soft, but it can actually be too hard to prevent injury to kids. So today, materials like mulch, sand, and even recycled rubber provide a much safer alternative in the very likely event of a fall. Now, you need several inches spread out over all of these potential fall zones, especially under swings and monkey bars. So take every step that you can to help protect your little guys. 888-666-3974. Call us right now if you've got a question about any backyard project. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Phil in New Hampshire, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Hi, I just bought a house that has uh, paneling on the living room. Okay. And I want to know if the sheetrock behind it, if I peel it down, the sheetrock's not taped or mudded. And the house was built in 48. Okay. Or if I could just reuse that sheetrock by taping it, mudding it. I don't see why not. If it If it's good quality drywall and you can simply tape it, tape the seams, you certainly can. I don't see any reason to... Uh, to uh, remove it. Now, if you get it down and you find out that uh, there's some problems with the drywall, you can simply put another layer over that, and you can use a quarter-inch or three-eighths-inch drywall that time around. Okay. Well, I guess that was it. All right, Phil. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Terry in Minnesota needs some help building a house. What can we do for you? Um, I have a rather unique situation. We have an option of purchasing a large lot in the rural area, but it has a small house on it that would not comply with code. Why would it not comply with code? Electrically, plumbing, or any other way, insulation-wise or anything. Well, when you buy a house that's non-code compliant, uh, is the local um, 
municipality going to force you to bring it up to code? Well, that's part of what I'm calling about. Yeah, the first thing that you should do is really talk to the municipal authorities, the code enforcement authorities, the zoning authorities. Find out about the house and find out what's going to be required because you understand that it's in very poor condition. And very important, make sure, make sure, make sure that you get a home inspection because what you see, that could be the tip of the iceberg. Get a professional home inspector to go in there and do a detailed inspection for you. You may find out that it's got fatal flaws that make it totally not worth buying. Or you might find out that the things that you see are not so bad and maybe easier to fix than you imagined. But I would recommend a home inspector. The way to find a good one is to go to the website for the American Society of Home Inspectors at ASHI.org, A-S-H-I.org. You can put in the zip code for the area you're buying the home in. They'll come back with a list of ASHI certified inspectors. And I'd call the guys in that list, choose one of the few that they send you, and then find someone to go inspect that house. Terry, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, flooring repairs on Ken in North Carolina's mine. What can we help you with? Uh, we moved into a, a home as a custom home uh, last summer, and um, it's on a crawl space, and the first floor is completely hardwood floors. There's some different some elevation changes uh, throughout the floor, and I started noticing a couple of months ago in our eating area where the hardwood seems to be separating in a couple of places. And uh, I was really trying to figure out what might be happening that's causing this. Uh, life is happening, Ken. It's expanding and contracting because of temperature changes and humidity changes in your home. And there's not a lot that you can do about that. You know, it happens uh, more with some flooring, less with others. It also has to do with the installation. But if at the maximum gap is a quarter of an inch, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Sometimes in very old homes, it gets very large, and we'll tell people to fill it with uh, jute or something of that nature and then finish over that to fill big gaps. But a quarter of an inch max in a floor that's not too old, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think that's fairly typical. Now, would you expect the, the floor to expand in more humid uh, type of conditions? Well, it depends. Typically, it's going to be tighter in the summer and wider in the winter time. When it's drier. Um, but, you know, the floor being as dynamic as it is and all of those pieces being interlocked, you never know where the movement's going to show up. Claire in Connecticut needs some help cleaning a hardwood floor. What can we do for you? I'd like to know how you can get grease off a hardwood floor. Like cooking grease? Yeah. Hmm. Is it soaked in, Claire? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Is the floor unfinished? No. But do you think it's soaked through the finish? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, listen, if it's soaked through the finish, then you're not going to be able to get it back out again. You're going to have to sand the finish down to the wood or at least sand the, the upper layers of the finish off. I would attack this in stages. I would consider lightly sanding the wood surface to see if I can get some of that staining removed. If it tends to even out, then you could probably just do one coat of finish and you'll be good to go. If not, you're going to have to have it sanded down through to the wood so that you can actually get down to where that oil has, has, has resided and then do a new set of new finish on top of that. You know, once it gets into the wood grain, you really got to get down to the level that it's, that, that it's at in order to uh, be able to remove it and start again. Jim in California is getting ready to enjoy his deck. What can we do for you? I have a railing on my deck. It's about, I guess it's two by six inch railing all around the deck, and it's in the sun a great deal of the time. I sanded it and primered it and painted it two years ago, and now it needs it again. 
So I'm sanding and sanding, and I'm wondering, <laughs> do I have to take it down to the bare wood, or can I just smooth it out and paint over some of the primer and some of the finish coat? What's it doing now? Is it peeling? Yes. Hmm. And are you using paint or are you using a solid stain? I'm using a primer, sealer, uh, and then a trim paint, which is outdoor okay. uh, exterior latex paint. But I've been told that there's something called a deck stain, which is really a paint more than a transparent stain. Mm-hmm. Okay, what you're talking about here is something called solid color stain, but the problem is that now that you've painted this railing, you're not going to get the result that you want out of this because you really need to have unpainted wood for this to work. Solid color stain. See, wood stain comes solid color or semi-transparent or clear. Clear has no pigment to it. Semi-transparent has about you know half the density. And solid color means just that. It's consistent in color, but you can still see the grain. And right. that's what we typically recommend for siding and decking. In your case, you've already painted it, so we're beyond that. What I would suggest you do is to scrape, prime and, uh, scrape and prime and sand to get all the loose stuff off. Then I would put another primer coat on top of that. I would use an oil-based primer, not a latex primer, like Kills or Bin or something like that. Uh, and then I would paint over that. That's the best way to get good adhesion and to get a, a good surface that will hold the new paint. Heading to the East Coast to talk to Miriam in New Jersey about a flushing problem in the toilet. What's going on? Um, we have a toilet that does not have a tank. So it's an old toilet, and it just has a handle that you press. I think it's called a flushometer, and it's been working. It just has a lot of um, water pressure, and it's flushed a little longer than normally. But then one day last week when I flushed, it just wouldn't stop. The water keeps coming, and there's no way to turn it off because there's no tank. So I had to go down and shut the water to the entire house. Oh, boy. So when I first uh, got the plumber to come, he said um, what he thinks was wrong was the diaphragm and vacuum breaker was broken, but he would replace the whole top part that you flushed um, because it's an old piece. Well, when they did replace that part, um, first it, it didn't work well. It flushed so little, nothing could go down. They came back again, and they made it more water pressure. seemed to be okay at first, and then we had the same problem. I flushed, and it just kept flushing and flushing. Well, you have an old toilet, and you're going to have old toilet problems associated with it. It's not something that's going to be easy to fix. It's something that's problematic for you now. It probably will continue into the future. This may be a good time to sort of throw in the towel and get a good quality, low-flow, very economical, water-efficient toilet. There's a new EPA program out now called WaterSense, and a lot of the new toilets now are WaterSense certified, which means they're going to use a fraction of the water that you're wasting right now with this old toilet. But still do the job. Don't be concerned about the term low flow. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Joseph from Indianapolis has a question. Welcome to the Money Pit. I have, I'm putting the flooring down I got for lumber liquidators. Okay. I'm putting the quarter round. I have a hard time pounding them nails up against her. I tried paneling nails. I don't know if I'm using the right thing because it's a, a real pain. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. You got big thumbs, right? And uh, little nails. Yeah. Well, here's what I would do. I would get a very small, very thin drill bit. I would pre-drill that quarter round molding. I would insert not paneling nails, which tend to bend really easily. I would use regular finish nails, like number four finish nails. Pre-drill them through the quarter round. And then place the molding in, finish off by nailing them through the rest of the way. And then set those nails with a nail set. Hit it with some colored putty, and you're good to go. 
Okay. Thank you very much, and I enjoy your show. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Gene in New Hampshire, welcome to the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Hey, my um, back steps are made of solid concrete. Okay. And the bottom one is breaking away from the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And there's about a two-inch gap. Ooh, that's a big one. Plus, the railing is loose, too. I was wondering if I could um, fill it in with some cement. But not regular cement. What you want to use is a, is a patching cement. It has an epoxy component to it, which makes it very sticky, so it adheres well, and it's not going to fall out. That uh, step configuration is going to be pretty elastic. It's going to move. It's going to expand and contract. And if you use a traditional plain cement patch it will crack very quickly and fall out but if you use an epoxy patching compound it won't quickcrete makes several good products that will do the trick for this okay and can i also fill in the holes where the um, railing is too with that is the railing loose yes okay well if the railing is loose you're going to have to take the bolts out fill the holes or depending on how it's set up you could re-bolt the holes in. You could use lead shields. You could use a different size fastener. You could use a mounting plate. You have to look at a more mechanical way to adhere this uh, because putting the patching compound in there is not going to make the railing stiffer. Okay, sounds great. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Well, there has never been a better time to replace your windows. You can get a dollar-for-dollar tax credit on certain windows. We're going to have all the details right after this. 888 The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Install a new energy-efficient Thermatrue door today and qualify for up to a $1,500 tax credit. To learn more, visit thermatrue.com slash tax credit. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And I bet last winter you got sick and tired of paying high energy bills. And maybe you finally come to the point where you said, this year, we're going to replace the windows. If you did, it would be a wise time to do that because there's lots of great reasons. You can improve your comfort, you can improve your energy efficiency, and you can get a tax credit all at the same time. Did you know that on average, you actually spend about 40% of your home's energy budget on heating and cooling alone? That's almost half. You can easily cut about 15% of those costs by installing good quality replacement windows. Ah, but that's the key right there, good quality. And actually, not all windows are created equal. In fact, an Energy Star rated window will bring you the most bang for your buck, giving you up to an 85% return on your investment. So here to tell us more is Tony Eschmeyer. Now, he's the product manager for Simonton Windows. Welcome, Tony. Leslie, thanks for having me. Tom, how are you today? Excellent. So, Tony, how do we determine if a window is efficient? You know, I'm always amused by the uh, commercials that we hear all over the radio about from window, uh, manu- not window manufacturers, but mostly window installers that say, install our windows and you'll save 50% on your energy bill. And I always think to myself, if I had no windows, maybe. Otherwise, <laughs> probably not. But, I mean, how do we get a realistic uh, expectation of, of energy savings? How do we know if a window truly is energy efficient? What actually plays into the equation to make one window more efficient than another? Well, Tom, to be honest with you, it, it, it actually doesn't surprise me to hear some of those claims because of, of some of the products that, that still exist in the marketplace. I've, I've traveled across the country and, and have still seen 
single-pane aluminum frame, non-thermally broken windows being installed in uh, in new homes, and it, it absolutely just blew me away. Mm-hmm. Now, but when you're looking at a window, I mean, there are labels all over the entire face of glass, and you're looking at numbers, and you're trying to figure out, do I want a lower number or a higher number? How do you sort everything out and know that you're getting something that's really going to be truly efficient? There are, there are two numbers, really, that you want to pay attention to, Leslie, and, and those are, number one, the U-value or U-factor. And the second is solar heat gain coefficient, or SHGC. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in both, in both instances, you want the lower number. So the lower the number, the better. Well, that, I mean, that really clears a lot of stuff up because you're looking at these labels and it just gets so confusing. So once you've figured out the labeling system and you know what you're looking for, does it make a difference what kind of gas is used to fill between the double panes? Because we get a lot of questions where people are looking at windows and they say, do I want argon? What's the thing that I want? Does that make a difference? Sure, uh, it absolutely does. And actually, the, the material that the window was made out of makes a difference. Um, the, the amount of space that you have between the panes of glass can make a difference. So, mm. uh, and, and as you mentioned, Leslie, there are, are gas fills, argon and krypton, that actually do improve U-value performance. Uh, those are both, both of those are inert gases that are heavier than air, which uh, impedes the transfer of heat across that insulating glass unit. Now, Tony, I've always wanted to ask this question. Does Krypton come from the planet Krypton or <laughs> somewhere else? <laughs> it, is, it is Superman's least favorite gas. All right. <laughs> Let me talk to you a little bit about um, not only the solar heat gain, but the UV degradation. You know, a lot of times you'll get windows where you have, you know, decent quality furniture and rugs that get, mm-hmm. like, totally washed out because of the direct sunlight that's getting through. What uh, do we look for in the quality of glass that will keep that fade from happening? It, it, Tom, really, and, and that was why I mentioned the, the solar heat gain coefficient. Uh, that is the measure of the amount of, of light uh, that is coming through the window, okay. as well as the amount of heat that's being generated by that light that's coming through the window. To minimize you know, UV ray damage to the inside of your home, you want to be looking for a glass that has a low E coating on mm-hmm. it. And that low E coating essentially is a, it's a metallic coating that you can see through, but it really does help impede the amount of UV rays that are going to be coming through that window. Now, Tony, we shouldn't assume that all windows come with low E coatings or a different kind of gas fill. These are really sort of special order items that you need to request at the purchase time. For some manufacturers, it may be special order, but it is quite common now in the industry. So I think it's becoming a little bit more, or actually a lot more readily available. But don't so just assume. You, you definitely ask. want to specify if, if fade protection and, and UV rays are, are one of the things that you're making a purchase decision on. You definitely want to, to uh, request having a low E-coated glass in your window. Sounds good. Tony Eschmeyer from Simonton Windows, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Good information, a lot to know, an important decision, and as I mentioned uh, before, a great time to think about installing replacement windows because the government has made it possible for you to receive a tax credit up to $1,500 towards the cost of purchasing good quality replacement windows. For more information, you can go to the Simonton website. They've got an an entire website set up for tax credit information at simonton.com slash tax credit. Pick up the phone, call them at 800-SIMONTON, or 
You can also go right now to MoneyPit.com. On our homepage, we've got a brand new guide, which is a replacement window guide. It's a bonus chapter to our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. And it's free. It's available for free download at MoneyPit.com. Everything that you need to know about choosing replacement windows for your house. What kind of windows are good? What different styles of windows? About window hardware? How do you pick the best installer? All contained in the replacement window guide online right now at moneypit.com. Tony, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great information. Tom, Leslie, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tony, for all of that great information. When we come back, we are going to share with you some information about the number one cause of death when it comes to small children. We're going to tell you how to protect your kids from drowning right after this. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. It is brought to you by Citrus Magic, the 100% natural odor-eliminating air freshener. Unlike other air fresheners, Citrus Magic actually eliminates odors and lasts up to four times longer. Visit CitrusMagic.com for more information. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Give us a call with your home improvement or your home repair question. Now, if you get on the air with us this hour, you could win a copy of our new book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. Now, our book is full of the same kind of informative advice, tips, and tricks of the trade that you learn here on the Money Pit each and every every week, but you get to keep it with you and refer to it whenever you feel like it. So give us a call for your chance to win at one 888 888-666-3974. Time to talk about a pretty serious topic. You know, it's the number one cause of accidental deaths in young kids. We're talking about drowning, but a properly designed pool fence is the most effective way to keep small kids from danger. You need to know a couple of things. First of all, the fence height needs to be at least 48 inches, and the spacing between the chain links should be only one and a quarter inches. Now, it's important to note this is not standard chain link fencing. The grid is much smaller, it's harder to get a toehold, and thus harder to climb. So the spacing has to be designed for a pool fence, again, no more than a quarter, one and a quarter inches, and make sure that all of those fences have self-closing hinges to prevent the gates from accidentally being left open. Mm -hmm. Now, beyond fencing, we want you to think of layers of protection for your backyard pool, including a pool alarm. Now, a pool alarm, that's going to sound if a large object or small child should disturb the water. Also, think about an alarm for your back door so that should you be in the kitchen and and all of a sudden some of your little kids run out that back door, you will know about it before something terrible happens. So think in layers and protect your family. Yeah, all of those things are important. If the kids get through one layer, you have two, three more layers to stop them. Very important to set up that zone of protection to keep kids safe all summer long. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Charlie in Texas is dealing with some residue from a sprinkler system. Tell us about it. Yes, uh, I've got some uh, my lawn sprinklers uh, have been running on the side of the wall on my exterior brick. It's a red brick home. Mm -hmm. And uh, that white residue, the water out here is real hard. 
and that white residue, I'm wondering the best way to take it off. So you're seeing mineral deposits. That's really what you're seeing when you see that white sort of fog. The easiest thing to get rid of it is a white vinegar and water solution. If you just put some white vinegar mixed up with a little bit of water and spray it on there, you'll see it'll go away lickety-split. Great. I'll give it a try. All right, Charlie. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, some squirrels are driving Jeff in New Hampshire nuts. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. I had to do it. <laughs> Welcome, Jeff. What can we help you with? Yes. Hi. Gray squirrels. They're all over the place. And uh, a few years back, I guess you, there were certain times during the year where they would allow you to hunt them. Okay. Talking to a game warden, um, I guess you can do it all year now. So the population is up there. Anyways, they've found their way into our home rather than finding a place in the tree. And I don't know if it's a soffit or the eave, but at the bottom of the roof line, right. there's a little bit of a uh, overhang and uh, right at the edge of the house. They've gnawed their way there, so they're not actually in the house. Yeah, but what kind of soffits do you have? Is it Are they wood or vinyl or what? It's all wood. Are they chewing right through the wood? Uh-huh. Well, Jeff, we need to get rid of these squirrels once and for all, and uh, there's a couple of things that you can do. First of all, um, the area that you repair, are you repairing that with wood? Are you trying to put a wood patch there? Because probably the best thing to use is hardware cloth, which is like a mesh or a piece of sheet metal over that hole. I've uh, used a couple of old uh, license plates, and they've eaten around that, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that you need to do then is just start trapping them. And the best thing to do that is with a have a heart trap. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. When we come back, we're going to answer your emails, including one on whether a pest control project is one that you can and should do yourself. That's coming up after this. You're in the Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where we make good homes better. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT, or head on over to moneypit.com and click on Ask Tom and Leslie. And David did just that from Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Got lots of emails. Let's tackle his first. All right. David writes, I'm looking for home pest protection inside and out. What can I use for self-application of termites protection? I've got two homes, New Jersey and Florida. I hear so many ads, but I want to do it myself. Uh, termite treatment is not a do-it-yourself project, David. You know, there are some termite products out there that could be considered DIY. They're usually these um, uh, bait type stations, but I don't recommend them. They're not nearly as effective as a professional treatment. I mean, I just had termites at my house. I used a product called Termidor, T-E-R-M-I-D-O-R. Their website is termidorhome.com. And I had it professionally applied because it's not available over the counter, so to speak. And the nice thing about the professional termiticides is uh, that they are undetectable. The termites don't know that they're there, which is a good thing because they'll go through them. They get them on their insect bodies, take them back to the nest, pass them to each other. And, and that's the way it eliminates the entire colony. Think of it as sort of germ warfare for termites. It's much more effective <laughs> than trying to use anything that you could buy uh, at a home center or hardware store. So with termites, I definitely would not 
do the project myself. I would call a pro, get it done once, get it done right, because they really can cause a lot of damage. All right, Sandra from New York writes, My house was built in 1968. Most of the wood floors are in great shape. There are a few which are showing signs of wear. Gaps are appearing, and the floor seems to give in some areas. Can anything be done short of replacing the floor? Well, if the house was built in 1968, those are probably really good quality floors. I mean, that was a great year for uh, for wood floor installation. It was pretty much the norm. Uh, you say they're giving in some areas. I'd like to know why they're giving. I would take a look into that. In terms of the gaps, you can fill those up with uh, jute, with rope, and then finish right over them, and that will seal them in. All right. Now, when you pick up the jute, what you can do is you'll see that it's in many layers, sort of twisted and wound up to create the actual piece of rope itself. You can unlayer it to make sure that it fits into the crack that you're trying to fill, dip it in the stain, let it dry, and then use a paint scraper to help you really get it in there, and it'll look exactly like the floor. Well, if you're thinking about redoing your kitchen or your bathroom this spring, it's a good project, and we know that you're counting every dollar, but there's a little sneaky trick on this that can help you save some money on at least this tile. Leslie's got that tip in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Mm -hmm. You know, this really is a great trick, especially if you are low on budget but super high on your design dreams. Go ahead, and when you're thinking about tiles, choose a simple and inexpensive tile. Let me stress that, inexpensive. And use that tile to cover the main field portion of your kitchen backsplash or your bathroom walls, whatever it is that you're working on as a tiling project. Now, if you go then and splurge a little bit, just a tiny little bit, on a few beautiful decorative tiles that are really rich in color and style, this will help you create some major visual interest. And then just go ahead and mix those into your plain field tiles, lay it out as a pattern, or even if you just want to use those simple plain tiles, turn them on the diamond. That instantly sort of upgrades something that's so simple and makes it look special. And then go ahead and splurge a little bit on a border tile. If you can sort of mix all of these things in, you're going to get a great decorative detail in a very small quantity. This way you can really splurge on something that's extra special for that room or use that extra money to start another home improvement project. Just think about the nickels and dimes here, folks, and think about creating huge visual impact with something so special, just like a decorative tile, and it will make your project look fantastic. Great tip. If you're looking for a deck you can enjoy without the time-consuming maintenance associated with that, we've got a great solution for you on that project coming up next week on The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Helping you build big dreams. You live in a money pit.